Hello and welcome to the Top Story, the podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Siju. Coming up in this edition, Ecuadorian President Daniel Noboa has declared a war against crime gangs amid a surge of violence in the country. Israeli attacks near a hospital in central Gaza have killed or injured at least 40 people, and passengers in Germany are facing train cancellations after train drivers went on strike. We begin in the Americas. Ecuadorian President Daniel Noboa has declared a war against crime gangs amid a surge of violence which broke out since Monday. President Noboa declared a 60-day state of emergency after more than 130 prison guards and staff were taken hostage, and a prominent gang leader escaped from prison over the weekend. The president hardened the decree after a series of explosions around the country, which culminated in the takeover of a national TV station by gunmen live on air. The country's armed forces commander said five terrorists have been killed and over 300 others have been arrested since the state of emergency began. Dan Collins reports from Lima. In images broadcast around the world, gunmen stormed the TV station during a live broadcast on Tuesday, before being captured by police special forces. Hooded and gun-toting gangsters carrying pistols, automatic weapons, sticks of dynamite, and grenades invaded the studio of a major television station in Ecuador's largest city, Guayaquil. Viewers watched the attack live on TV as terrified journalists and camera operators were forced to the floor by the armed men. Within an hour, special forces police officers had raided the TV channel, arresting more than a dozen gunmen without loss of life. President Daniel Noboa declared the country in internal armed conflict. That means gang members can be viewed as terrorists. On Monday, Noboa, who took office in November, declared a 60-day state of emergency in response to prison violence. The move followed the escape of Adolfo Macias, known as Fito, the leader of Los Choneros gang. Over the weekend, that has unleashed a wave of violence across the country. Videos on social media showed a gruesome series of other attacks, including car bombs, the apparent murder of police officers and lynching of prison guards, as well as attempted takeovers of hospitals and a university. Ecuadorian police confirmed the death of two officers. The United States is monitoring the situation and offered its support, as have South American nations: Argentina, Bolivia, Peru, Colombia, Brazil, and Chile. That was Stan Collins reporting from Lima. Turning now to the Middle East, Israeli strikes in southern and central Gaza have intensified, despite a pledge by Washington to reduce civilian casualties. At least 40 people were killed or wounded on Wednesday after Israel bombed a targeted house near a hospital in central Gaza. Tensions are also rising in the Red Sea after Yemen's Houthis launched its largest attacks yet on shipping vessels. The UN Security Council has demanded that the Houthis immediately stop such attacks. The head of Houthis says the UN resolution on navigation on the Red Sea is a political game, and the US is the one violating international law. Meanwhile, diplomatic efforts are continuing around the Gaza conflict. A trilateral meeting between Egypt, Jordan, and Palestine took place in Jordan's Aqaba on Wednesday. The leaders stressed their rejection of any Israeli plans to displace Palestinians in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was in Palestine on Wednesday and met President Mahmoud Abbas. Israel debris with the Associated Press has more from Jerusalem. 
U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was meeting with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas, specifically about the role of a reformed or, quote, revitalized Palestinian authority in taking the reins over the Gaza Strip after Israel ends its campaign against Hamas in the enclaves. Blinken's repeatedly said that this would need concrete steps toward the creation of a Palestinian state as well as in order to get Arab support that he said he did secure, but only if he was able to guarantee the creation of a Palestinian state down the line. And this is honestly a plan that is sure to meet stiff resistance from none other than Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his far-right coalition, all of whom have staunchly opposed the creation of a Palestinian state. And of course, this was happening in the West Bank city of Ramallah, even as casualties and the cost of the war continue to rise in the Gaza Strip. Of course, we know that the toll has been most obviously heavy on the Palestinians, with 20 3,000 recorded dead since the beginning of the war, civilians and militants, according to health authorities, but also a growing toll on Israel, which of course is amplified because of just how small the country is and the fact that there is a mandatory draft. Now, we did hear earlier that nine Israeli soldiers were killed in three different incidents on Monday. This was a, one of the deadliest days so far, as we did hear that there was a truck packed with explosives that blew up, killing six Israeli soldiers at once and wounding eight others, including actually a famous Israeli singer and actor. And this is all coming again as we hear that Hamas is putting up a stiff resistance. Battles are continuing to rage in central and southern Gaza. That was Isabel Debris reporting from Jerusalem. Staying in the Middle East, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has publicly rebuffed calls from right-wing members of his government for Palestinians to leave Gaza voluntarily, making way for Israelis to settle there. Trent Murray in Tel Aviv has more about Netanyahu's response. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu releasing a video on social media overnight, notably in the English language. Clearly, this was designed for an international audience rather than a domestic one. In that statement, he said, I want to make a few points absolutely clear. Israel has no intention of permanently occupying Gaza or displacing the civilian population. Israel is fighting Hamas terrorists, not the Palestinian population, and we are doing so in full compliance with international law. He goes on to say the IDF is doing its utmost to minimize civilian casualties while Hamas is doing its utmost to maximize them. Now, I think that statement is very significant because it certainly rebuffs some of the statements we've heard from his ministers who have floated the idea of, for example, emigration programs from Gaza for people living there, Palestinians, to effectively go and live in third countries as a result of this conflict. It would appear that overnight the Prime Minister here has very publicly now shot down those ideas and is trying to make it clear that from his government's perspective and the Gaza policy that the Palestinians after this conflict will certainly be able to stay there and live there. That was Trent Murray in Tel Aviv. In Europe, passengers in Germany are facing train cancellations after a union representing train drivers started a nearly three-day strike demanding shorter hours and better pay. It adds to the country's transportation woes as farmers' protests have already impacted roads. Peter Oliver reports from Berlin. All still and all quiet at Berlin Central Station. A three-day nationwide strike by the GDL Train Drivers Union over pay and working hours means that the usually heaving terminus was close to deserted. 
The union is demanding an increase in wages and a cut in hours from 38 to 35 per week. Deutsche Bahn, the German rail operator, has told passengers to find alternative routes, although a very limited number of trains are departing for those for whom that's not an option. I was in Bayern and I had to come here to Berlin and so my train was cancelled, but the whole uh, staff of the trains was very nice and supportive, so they really helped me find another train, uh, another fast train. She is one of the lucky ones. 80% of long-distance trains in Germany are cancelled. It's not just industrial action on the trains which is causing transport chaos in Germany at the moment. Protests by farmers against plans to cut subsidies, including those for diesel fuel, have been blocking roads since Monday and are going to continue until next Monday. Farmers are angry with the direction of the current government. I want politicians to make politics for the people and not for foreign countries. I want them to be there for the middle class as well as for the rich. Right-wing opposition party Alternative for Deutschland has been very vocal in support for the farmers. Chancellor Scholz says that some of the farmers' demands had already been met halfway and called for calm. I believe it is also important that moderation is now maintained. This should also be a concern of all Democrats, especially in turbulent times like these. With rail and road travel paralysed in some parts of Germany, the fear is that the longer this goes on, the more it will impact an already struggling German economy. That was Peter Oliver on train driver strike in Germany and its possible impact. Turning to Africa, the Constitutional Court in the Democratic Republic of the Congo has upheld the election victory of President Felix Tshisekedi. It dismissed two legal challenges to overturn the election. Chris Okamringa reports from Kinshasa. The main opposition candidates insist the election was a sham and rejected the Constitutional Court's ruling. They claim the December polls were marred by long delays, faulty voting machines and logistical problems. They robbed, they robbed our freedom to choose our president. The Electoral Commission should not have affirmed this. The Electoral Commission should said that there was irregularities that should be uh, should determine the court to reject electoral commission results the petitions were filed by Theodore Ngoi, a presidential candidate and a congolese citizen called david mbala both of them cited widespread irregularities during the voting process and asked the court to cancel the election results and organize a rerun but the court ruled that the irregularities could not have substantially affected the election results because they did not happen in all polling stations. The opposition candidates have now threatened to hold protests to denounce the outcome of the elections. We have the right to claim, to make our claim uh, through the the, the streets. We can go because the constitution allows us to do so. We have the right to ask the president elect to go for a meeting because we need to be one people. The government has said it will deploy the army to crack down on the protests. The judges at the Constitutional Court started hearing the petitions challenging the re-election of President Felix Chisekedi on Monday. The judges ruled the petitioners did not provide sufficient evidence to back their claims. Mr. Theodore Ngoy's petition failed on three principles of the law. 
That is to say, he based his arguments on articles that had nothing to do with the electoral contention. Last week, the Electoral Commission cancelled the votes of 82 candidates in the legislative polls for allegedly engaging in electoral fraud. Some of the candidates from the ruling coalition are reported to have had electronic voting machines in their homes. The final figures announced by the Constitutional Court gave President Chisekedi more than 73% of the vote. His closest challenger, Moise Katumbi, came in second with 18%. The ruling by the Constitutional Court cannot be appealed in any other court in the DRC. The judges have confirmed the election victory of President Felix Chisekedi in the December 20th polls that have been disputed by nine opposition candidates. That was Chris Okamringa on the DRC's ruling on the presidential election results. Here in China, Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo is in Beijing for an official visit at the invitation of Chinese Premier Li Qiang. This is the first visit to China by a European leader this year. Yu Yang has more. One notable thing that starting this January, Belgium assumed the presidency of the Council of the European Union and the country will hold the position for a total of six months until June this year. So many believe the cross trade will also focus on the relations between China and the European Union. On the other hand, according to a statement released by the PM's office, the China-Belgium relationship, as well as economic connections between the two sides, will also top the agenda. Belgium's Foreign Minister Aja Lahbib is also in China, and the Belgian media says her visit will focus on fostering economic ties. The year 2024 marks the 53rd anniversary since China and Belgium established diplomatic ties. Belgium is currently the seventh largest trading partner with China within the European markets. An article by Chinese ambassador to Belgium, Cao Zhongming, was published in the EU Reporter this week, in which it said that China and Belgium are all round friendly and cooperative partners, adding that both countries firmly support multilateralism and an open world economy. In terms of China-EU relations, many analysts say the European Union is facing a rather complex situation at the start of this year. That's actually say all this makes for more uncertainties at the European Council summit to be held this March. And the stable China-EU relationship will help to cope with major issues and the challenges facing the international community. That was Yu Yang on the Belgian Prime Minister's visit to China. Now recapping today's headlines. Ecuadorian President Daniel Noboa has declared a war against crime gangs amid a surge of violence in the country. Israeli attacks near a hospital in central Gaza have killed or injured at least 40 people. And the passengers in Germany are facing train cancellations after train drivers went on strike. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, the podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Qi Zhi. Thank you for listening.